for years. <laughs> Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host Denise Messenger for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is June 19th, 2019. I'm really excited about our guest today. We're going to be talking about protein pacing diet. And we have with us Dr. Paul R.C. Arrow. He holds an advanced graduate degree in nutrition and applied exercise. And he serves as a scientific advisory board member and consultant for the health and wellness industry. So he comes to us with over 30 years of dedication to scientific research. And he's published over 58 peer-reviewed articles, which is an amazing feat in itself. Let's bring us on the show now. Welcome. Welcome, Denise. Thank you so much for the invitation and for sharing your years of experience doing this. I'm, I'm really excited. So thank you for again for inviting me. What got you on the path that you're on today? What made you decide to become a doctor? <laughs> well, it was a very uh, fortuitous path. I, I mean, I share this in my book, by the way, and it's something that's very personal to me, and I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable speaking about it, but I was not a good student. Um, in fact, I was asked uh, along my elementary school years to repeat uh, the year uh, a couple of times because I was just not performing up to the standard to be advanced to the next grade. And so that was a real, um, yeah, that was a real hit to my ego and my self-worth and my self-identity. Um, and I grew up in a, a large family. There was nine of us in the house, um, our parents, and then seven children. And I kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, as they say, and I, I truly did. Um, and not only was I struggling at school trying to find an identity or a self-worth at, at being successful at that, but it was a real struggle to be recognized and acknowledged, you know, at home too. So, you know, those were, those were tough years, but what won the day for me was having two grandparents. It was my maternal grandfather and my paternal grandmother, interestingly enough, that took to me out of all the other kids in the family. And again, I, I'm sure they adored the other kids, but there was a, a definite, um, very special relationship that I had with them. In fact, in my book, I also share a letter that I wrote when I was a, a young boy 
to my grandmother um, and that and she writes back to me uh, expressing this fondness for me and I bring that up because this is what where really things began to change for me that although I took some real significant hits to my self-identity, my self-worth, you know, who it was that I was as a, as a young boy trying to um, survive in the world, I had these grandparents that believed in me when I didn't believe in myself. And I, I developed such a strong affinity and, and deep, deep affection and love for them that, again, that resonated and kind of gave me something to, to live for. And so what ended up happening was they became ill and diseased, um, as many older people do. Um, but they, they had some illnesses that I could see them suffering. And I just, you know, to this day, um, you know, I'm 57 now, and it still touches my heartstrings because I love them so much. And to see them suffer, uh, one with um, heart failure, my grandmother, who was a frail older lady, um, when, when I really developed this close relationship with her, and my grandfather, who developed type 2 diabetes, you know, they suffered. And it just, uh, it, it hurt me um, at, at a level that I, to this day, still can't describe, but it, it compelled me to definitely take a stand in my life and say, you know, this is something that I'm, I, I really have a strong, you know, desire, passion, energy, um, and commitment to that. I want to, I want to find these answers before now my parents. And again, I had loving, two beautifully loving parents, my mother and my father, but similarly, my, my father became ill with a rare form of cancer, uh, leukemia actually. And, you know, I, I just knew that this was the path I wanted to take in my life. You know, I just knew that my mission, you know, who I was for my self-worth, self-identity was to pursue a life that was designed to help people live healthier so that they could prevent. And I knew I couldn't, you know, answer all, you know, the, and solve all of the health problems in the world, but I knew that I wanted to make a, a significant enough impact that uh, enough people could be helped. Uh, so that they didn't have to suffer or their loved ones didn't have to suffer. So I um, slowly but surely, you know, there was lots of um, ups and downs along the way, mm -hmm. but it was at the younger age that I realized that I wanted to pursue a path of, of helping people. So that's what started it for did, me. Did you always stay on that path? Well, I got a little sidetracked. So what ended up happening was um, because I didn't perform well in school, I wanted to connect with something other than knowing mm -hmm. that I wanted to help people. And so my, mm -hmm. the physical world came into play for me, and I just threw myself into doing all things physical. And so I became okay. a, a fairly accomplished athlete, and so uh, that was my introduction to it. Um, but like I said, there were some ups and downs along the way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what motivated you to write your book, The Protein Pacing Diet? You know, the motivation for me was the literally thousands of people over the last 30-plus years, in fact, more than that, when I was competing as an athlete over in Europe and here in the States, that would ask me, you know, what is, hey, what are you doing, Dr. Paul, um, to stay in such great shape? Uh, and, and it became – and I'm a uh, – professor at a university as well. So I had students 
often asking me what I was doing, you know, personally. And I always thought that was intriguing. You know, here I was a messenger of, um, <laughs> I find your, your last name very interesting, by the way. I'm sure you've gotten this many times before, <laughs> I but I love, I I love the, um, I love the symbolism here, the role that you played, Denise. I think it's really um, tremendous and, and really uh, a blessing to have that name. Um, and that's truly, you know, where a gift is. And I, I just came to realize that um, my role is, is not to take front and center stage. I'm not the hero in other people's lives. I'm simply just a guide. I'm a supporter. And mm-hmm. uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to write this book to share my experiences, my research, my um, living that I've done over the 30 years and the thousands and tens of thousands of people that I've worked with in in all different levels of capacity and and health and fitness level for that matter and share it with people so that I can help support them and guide them in their life journey of them being the hero in their own story uh, to live their best life. And so that's what propelled me to write the book. And, um, I'm really glad I did. Yeah, we are too. (laughs) So why don't we um, get into the meat of your book? In other words, by now we're all very curious. What is the protein pacing diet? Well, uh, the protein pacing diet was a a title that I came up with to capture people's interest. And again, when I was first starting off on this journey, I was educated and uh, encouraged to include the word diet. And so I was a little reluctant, as you can imagine, because I, I, you know, we all have those hangups with the word diet, but they said that that usually is what sells. So I did include it in there. But protein pacing, I'll just speak to that right now, is at the foundation of the lifestyle that I've developed and this overarching holistic lifestyle that I've developed encompasses really the three main uh, components of what make us a fully integrated living organism. And that is our, our, our nourishment of what we put into our body that plays a critical role. We do it every day. And so food nourishment is, is really um, the strongest influence and impact that we can make on our overall health and, and well-being. And then our physical um, body, our, our, the, the way that we move our body. So it was the nourishment through the food that we eat. It was the movement that we engage in with our body over the course of the day. Some people call, call it exercise or physical activity. And then the third one is the emotional nourishment, um, that which we are doing to fuel and nourish that which resides at the deepest level of who we are, our being, our, our emotional um, being, which is connected to, of course, how well we function intellectually. So at the foundation, because nutrition is, has the strongest imp- influence on our health and our physical uh, performance and emotional intellectual performance, that's the starting point. So I started with protein pacing just because of the known impact that it mm-hmm. makes, uh, nourishment. And with nourishment, it's really protein. Protein is the vital. It stands for proteos in Greek, and that means vital primary. And so when people would ask me, you know, what is it that you recommend with nutrition? And, you know, for years I would fumble on a bunch of things that, you know, people wanted to know, and I would just confuse people. And over the years, my research has refined that answer to such a degree 
that there is no question anymore that protein is the vital nutrient. It's what the, our, every cell in our body depends on to be fueled. And so uh, that's the protein pacing component. And it is, uh, it's made up of a couple of things. Number one is um, the, the quality of the protein. That really what we need to focus on is that when we fuel our body, we want to make sure that the quality of the protein that we're consuming from either animal and or plant sources is of the highest quality. And so okay. I'm talking great detail about what those things are. Okay. And then the good. quantity and the frequency. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what's a typical meal for you? In the morning, when I start my day, uh, I like to have a antioxidant phytonutrient and adaptogen rich beverage. Um, and so people are probably, you know, spinning right now. What's an, an, an antioxidant? Yeah, exactly. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. So the easy way to think about this is to just think about plants. Plants provide us really miraculous uh, nutrients and all different types of, of nutrients. We call them phyto plant um, is what phyto means, phytonutrients or phytochemicals. And so plants are truly magical and, and uh, it, it, tremendously healthy for our body and our cells. And so the, the other words for antioxidant, and those are that's kind of out there. It's a buzzword that we hear a lot about. Antioxidants, they, they help prevent the body and the cells of the body from uh, a process called cellular uh, stress, oxidative stress, and that's damaging to the cells and tissues of our body. And so antioxidants that are found in plant sources help scavenger and prevent that oxidative stress. And so that's what antioxidant stands for. So, and we find these things. So for example, uh, things like uh, parsley, kale, spinach, arugula, blueberries, strawberries, blackberries, raspberries, um, rich in antioxidants. So anything green, anything colorful, beets, um, and most any berry that you can think of are fantastic sources of antioxidants. And the, the adaptogens are a little bit um, more challenging to get because adaptogens are plant chemicals and they come from plants that, and, and they're in plants to help them survive harsh conditions. So adaptogens are usually extracted from plants or parts of plants that have allowed them to endure harsh living conditions. Um, that are very stressful to the plant. And when you think of different plants in Siberia and, and different environments where the weather is, is very harsh, but the plants seem to survive, you know, unbelievably. Well, the reason that they're able to survive and, and persist and adapt the way they do, hence the name adaptogen, is because of these components that are found within them. And so what um, we've now are able to do is capture these adaptogens that are in these plants that have helped them adapt to the stress 
and we now have them available to take ourselves and they do the same thing in our body. They help us adapt to stress. So um, these things come in all different forms, liquid and powder and components of other things. And so um, I just make sure that uh, I'm consuming uh, some form of an antioxidant, naturally occurring fruit and vegetable plant source, um, and then some adaptogens um, in, okay, a, in a so liquid beverage that I drink. In a, okay, so you, uh, do you pull all this together into a blender? Exactly. So, yes, okay. they can be put into a, a blender or okay. they don't have to be. For example, uh, like for, let me just give you an example. I had um, steel-cut oats this morning. And okay. in my steel-cut oats, in my steel-cut oats, I put in uh, a, a healthy serving of a combination of blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Mm-hmm. I put in a scoop of my adaptogen powder <laughs> that I have. So I had my antioxidants covered. I had my adaptogens covered. Um, <laughs> and my, my, my powdered uh, adaptogen also has some antioxidants in it. So I was kind of getting a twofer there. Sure. And then I put in, a, then I put in um, this morning I happened to put in uh, a scoop of all-natural almond butter and a scoop of a half a scoop, it was actually a full scoop, but it was a half a scoop of plant-based protein powder. It had brown rice and pea protein, uh-huh. and then a half a scoop, and then a half a scoop of grass-fed whey protein. And I have to say, it was absolutely delicious. <laughs> so, you know, I was eating food, but I was at the same time nourishing my body with my protein pacing and those plant. What, uh, what do you think of um, adding an avocado? Oh, I do that often. Um, a big, big fan um, because that's also a very rich source of nourishment. Uh, those healthy fats. So I'll do coconut. Uh, sometimes I'll do coconut, coconut oil. Butter. And... I'll do coconut, coconut uh-huh. oil, coconut flakes. Um, but then I'll also do avocado. So excellent. Yep, that's a very, very good addition. Well, we both um, have well. very similar breakfasts. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I pretty much do. So that's protein pacing. To start the day, yes. you know what I call that, Denise? I, I call it the morning muscle maximizer. And so people used to say, oh, so it's all about building muscles. And I said, well, it is important for your, your, your visible skeletal muscles, as we call them, your biceps and chest and thighs and things. But mm-hmm. your brain is also a muscle. You know, if you don't use it and nourish it, you lose it. Um, and so these foods that we've just described, avocado and these antioxidants and adaptogens and awesome sources of protein and fiber with the steel-cut oats and carbohydrate, um, those are, you know, top-shelf ways to nourish your brain. So that morning muscle maximizer is, is, is as much for your, your muscles that you can see on your body um, and perhaps even more for your brain to help it function at its best for the day. Oh, absolutely. And you really don't feel hunger until lunchtime. That's right. You're pretty content. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. um, I recently interviewed Dr. Cass Ingram And I got a a tidbit of information that is just amazing. Um, You know, a lot of people, they 
they suffer from not being able to get to sleep at night or stay asleep. Mm-hmm. You probably run across them all the time. Um, I do. And they're, or they're, and they're stressed out. Well, he told me to just take a little bit of protein and add some salt. He basically said mm. that um, the combination of those two things will calm down your uh, adrenal glands. Yep. And also feed your brain. And I thought, well, I need to try this. I just want to know if it works. And it absolutely does. So you could take uh, almonds, you know, salted almonds and eat them. Or uh, I don't eat peanuts, but, um, you know, a lot of people do, salted peanuts. But I usually would just take like a third of a protein bar. And then take a little bit of salt. Kabam! (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And and that's that's great. I I love to hear that others are um, benefiting from, you know, the research that I've been doing and others have been doing. uh, Because as important as the start of the day is, as we've just talked about, uh, the end of the day is for many people just as, if not more important, especially when it comes to helping the body recover and the brain recover. And so that's great advice that he gave. Um, protein is without question. And what I also recommend in addition to those things, and again, nut butters um, and seeds are excellent. Pumpkin seeds are fantastic. Uh, yes. There's a couple of other things that I would highly recommend. One would be um, Uh, tart cherry juice and tart cherry juice is so beneficial because uh, there are some components within it that help convert uh, melatonin, which is our, our sleep hormone. Uh Uh-huh. And that, and because it has a little bit of sugar, it's not sweet cherries, it's tart cherry. Um, It also uh, does the same thing. That little bit of extra carbohydrate um, plays a really critical role in helping quiet down the adrenals. It helps quiet down what we call our sympathetic nervous system. That's our excitable uh-huh. nervous system. Uh-huh. And it just lets us relax a little bit more. And then I'm also a huge fan at night of magnesium because magnesium yes. is the body relaxation mineral. Um, and so those are just a couple of other things that I put in. I have that all very detailed in my book, but I oh, put together a little um, nighttime or bedtime, I call it, um, you know, sleeping elixir and body recovering. Um, and oh, it's excellent. Really so, yeah, excellent. Cool. That is excellent. This is great stuff and really important for people because yeah. I think, you know, our sleep for so many decades has been pushed aside, right? I mean, think about the, the, the American society. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of predicated on this, you know, work hard, uh, don't show weakness of being able to sleep long hours. <laughs> and, you know, we're all coming now full circle that, in fact, you know, we're only as productive as the quality of our sleep. And I love that. Exactly. We're only as productive as the quality of our sleep. And if our quality of sleep and even quantity of sleep is compromised, our productivity during the day is drastically compromised. So really important that we're emphasizing this sleep and recovery. Yes, and I agree with you on the magnesium. I, I believe that it's responsible for over, what is it, 300 different bodily functions. It's, it's, it's a miracle it's, mineral, yeah. It really is, and we just don't get enough of it in our food sources any longer. 
That's right. So what is your favorite chapter in your book? <laughs> Gosh, no one's ever asked me that, and I've done quite a few of these interviews. Um, every one of them is, <laughs> is my favorite. But, um, well, for instance, you know, the one that, um, you know like yeah. when I wrote my book, I, I would say that my favorite chapter had to do with research that I did on a specific mm. topic. And I actually dedicated that chapter. It was a little bit thicker than the other ones <laughs> as a result. Yeah. You know, now that you've asked it, ironically enough, uh, I'm a scientist. Uh, I mean, as you mentioned That's at the right. beginning of the show, I, I've spent my career as being a scientist. And so the, the natural assumption might be that I would choose one of my chapters that really dives deep into the science behind the protein pacing and the, what I call the prize life. Um, that's an acronym, by the way, P-R-I-S-E. And that was really what I was referring to at the beginning when you asked me, what is the protein pacing diet? And I said, well, the protein pacing is the foundation of this lifestyle that I've developed. But this overarching lifestyle that I go into great detail describing in the book is the prize life. And one of the you know, mantras that I have is keep your eyes on the prize. Um, but uh -huh. it's an acronym. It stands for pro protein pacing. And then the R stands for resistance um, fitness. The I stands for interval fitness. The S stands for stretching fitness. And the E stands for endurance fitness. And then what ca encapsulates all of it is this uh, mind, body, emotional well-being um, techniques that I also heavily walk people through and educate people on to help bring it all together. So it's got all three components, the nourishment, the movement, and the emotional uh, well-being. Um, and so, yeah, it would be very, I guess, obvious for me to jump to kind of the story behind the prize. But I would say that now that you've asked me, what has resonated the most with people is uh, chapter five, which is mind your body, serve up success. And that is really what we're starting to now discover and learn that we are so much more than this, this physical, intellectual, emotional body. You know, there's something called quantum biology that we're learning so much about. And it's about the energy that we give off that is um, picked up by other people, that's received by other people. And there's some real science behind this. It was, in fact, just an article that was published in the journal Nature um, last week on this. And so, we're starting to learn that we're, you know, we have so much still to learn about the yes. full capacity of who we are and what we're capable of, of achieving and living. And so mm -hmm. I talk about this in chapter five, um, interestingly enough, and it's an area that, um, you know, some people might not necessarily associate with me as this nutrition and applied physiology scientist, uh, but that would be the one that I am most excited about and um, passionate about right now and helping bring this full story to people of health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you ever read the book Biology of Belief by uh, Bruce Lipton? Oh, gosh. Bruce is an amazing. You know, I've, I've watched so much of um, his his lectures and his speeches and I've read some of his science. I have not read his book, but, um, Oh, yeah, you should get it. About a front runner. 
Yeah, no, I, you I will. You get it because yeah, he's a front um, runner. You're in, you're into this, and uh, it's one of my absolute favorite books. Good biology, biology, one of yours too. Belief. Oh, sure. Yeah, the biology. Sure. I mean, I have hundred. You know, I have <laughs> I have quite a library. <laughs> you can only imagine. But I I'm referring referencing it from a scientific point of view. Sure. Okay, because he really yeah, gets down to the cellular. He gets down to the cellular level. Yes, yes, he does, and I'm so glad you brought that up because um, in that article that was just recently published on the quantum biology, it actually con- it, it confirms much of what Bruce has been teaching and espousing. Um, for, for so many years. And so, yeah, I, I think we're, we're getting closer and closer to, uh-huh. as, you know, the scientific, I should say the scientific community to accepting that there are other ways of appreciating and understanding how we work and how we operate um, as, as a human organism beyond that, which is, you know, within us, you know, the cells mm-hmm. and the molecules sure. and, atoms and um you know i think that sometimes we we are reluctant uh, i should say scientists are reluctant to believe that there can be anything else other than what is present and tangible that's, within yes, the body that's very itself. true that's very true so. uh there's there's many authors that have fairly uh decent arguments about consciousness um mm-hmm. and uh how uh a lot of times they believe it can be actually separate from everything else. In other words, it can actually be separate from the brain itself. I mean, it's, it's pretty fascinating when you get in, into all this. And, you know, in your book, you talk about um, emotion and how that affects our body, the mind and the body. Uh, why don't you take us through a little bit of what you have to say about that? Sure. You know, our emotions are so strong, and that's where everything – uh, originates from for so many people, right? I mean, when we look at how we respond to things in our adult life, um, I call that the conditioned lie. <laughs> and I don't know how accurate it is, um, but it is for a lot of people. I know I'm, I'm guilty of that. Uh, I know that um, my conditioned lie, that which has been conditioned in me since I was a young boy, uh, pops its head up and is the first reaction that I have to things. And it again, I'll go back to where we started this entire interview. You asked me, you know, where did I get started? And I have a conditioned lie about my ability to uh, engage intellectually with, with people. And here I am, a successful scientist, and I've written books, and people kind of, you know, roll their eyes and say, oh, surely that, you know, that. You're just making that up. And I say, no, actually, that truly is. I mean, when you've had those hits to your 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 person, your self-worth, your, your ego, your identity. Well, it's such a, uh, that, yeah, at, at a young age. Right? That's when yes. we're the most impressionable. Yeah. Right. So you asked about emotions, and, and those emotions really, for so many people um, that we experience on a regular basis that occupy so much of who we are at the subconscious level, right. Of how we operate are based on that subconscious, that, that condition lie that um, we are so familiar with on our Ah. past. So, you know, everything starts with um, what we think. 
And if we can begin to uh, change that, and there are different strategies, and you know, we've been talking about some of the people that have been um, speaking on this and developing some really effective strategies uh, in this area, but, but changing how we think is always the starting point. And for me, emotions are interesting because they're so powerful uh, uh-huh. they can be so they can be so um, life transforming in a, in a positive way for us if we if we can get our head in um, thinking in that way but they can also be the most stifling and debilitating in, in how we um, conduct our lives and so to me it, it everything has to start there first we have to go back and do a reboot I call it um, and I talk about this in the book where I've been fortunate enough to um, actually experience a reboot and, and to go back and actually face my conditioned lie, um, you know, face on. And it, interestingly enough, you know, the opposite side of the same coin is usually what our truth is um, and who it is that we really are, uh, which I always find so um, right paradoxical and, and interesting. But that's usually the case. And so for me, it was very um, enlightening and cathartic, uh, and it was it was an epiphany at the, all at the same time um, for me. Mm-hmm. And so that you know here my condition lie was that I was not um, smart. I was not someone who was intellectual. I was not somebody who uh, felt like they wanted to help other people and be around other people at times. And I wanted to isolate myself and my my true being, my true my truth of who I really am is kindness and fellowship. And so those are the emotions that I tap into. And so, yeah, I think that's a great question. I'm glad you asked it because I, you know, there's for other people that are out there struggling with with this condition lie um, that they seem to be stuck in and stifled by and not able to take a new path. Of, of health and vitality. I'm here to tell you that um, on the other side of that same coin is where your truth lies and what you are capable of doing. And um, you being able to kind of be on a fast track to your best self. Um, and so that's what I really want to get through in this book. Um, and I hope I have. And the feedback that I've received um, seems to be saying that, that, you know, this is a book about helping people get on the fast track to their best self. Uh, very positive message, very positive, and, and that's really what we need <laughs> because, uh, you know, listening to your background, uh, going through the schooling system, historically, mm-hmm. school has been set up um, in, a, in a manner that doesn't serve well um, those who who don't fit into the box. Um, and you'll find that the most intelligent, brilliant people were not good in school because they were asked to, to stay within that box, which was very limiting in their thinking and in their creativity. And uh, I, I'm so sad that we still really haven't corrected that. <laughs> you know? Um I see this over and over again where, you know, brilliant minds are just 
quieted in, in that kind of an environment. But I'm really pleased that you had some uh, grandparents that really inspired you uh, to not believe the lie that you had had uh, grown accustomed to. Mm. Well, thank you. Denise, yeah, what you said really resonates. Um, I have three sons and, you know, even among the three of them, they, they operate uh, at, a, at, a, at all different levels sure, of engagement. Sure. And so I really appreciate that. And I was definitely one of them, um, you know, and even through college, you know, I was a college dropout. Um, uh-huh. I also talk about that in the book. And so, yeah. as I said before, it was not a, it was not a smooth road after, you know, those early life experiences of being asked to be held back, you know, in elementary school, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I hit my stride and everything was smooth sailing, just the opposite. You know, I, I struggled right. all through high school. I, I know I you get penalized college. for not. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's it's just how the system is, you know, and, and the parents that have the, the financial resources to send their kids to schools that are, you know, more um, accommodating, um, it's a wonderful thing, but unfortunately, that's not for the majority of people. You know, but um, right. on a better note, uh, I would like and encourage um, our audience to um, get your book. I know that you have it on Amazon, and you also um, would like to give a free gift away. Um, your website. Would you tell our listeners about your website and how you want to run this uh, free gift option? Absolutely. Thank you for, for this opportunity. Um, and, and thank you again for helping, you know, just being so hospitable. Um, you know, uh, this has been a real treat. And oh, the website good. is, yeah, the, the, the book, first of all, like you said, is on Amazon. It's the Protein Pacing Diet by Dr. Paul Arciero and they can also visit my website, which is www.prize, and it's spelled P-R-I-F-E, life, L-I-F-E, dot com. And for the free giveaway, it's uh, prizelife.com forward slash fast. And interestingly enough, as I was talking about the fast track to their best self, uh, I want to give away a 14-day fast track guide to help people get started. And it really focuses on the foundation of this new life transformation. And that's the protein pacing. Um, Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So I'd like to be able to share that with everybody. And, um, you know, I I guess one of the other things I wanted to just put out real quickly is that while nutrition is at that foundation, you know, it truly is the, the emotions and where we are in terms of our thinking that we need to take charge of even before the protein pacing. Um, And, you know, that's why I introduce it so early on in the book, um, chapter five, and I don't even talk about protein pacing until chapter eight. Um, And so that just speaks to the level of importance that I feel about this changing in thinking, because ultimately what we think is how we feel, Uh how we feel is how we act and how we act is what we do and who we are. And so, you know, it's just so important that we begin by um, first taking the time to nourish our thoughts and our 
emotions and our thinking overall so that we can then begin to feel it. We can look it and then act and do and be who we are meant to be. Um, but those are the main ways to get in touch. And then Facebook as well, Prize Life um, on Facebook is also. So everything is Prize Life. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's I've really enjoyed our interview. And I just want to uh, reiterate with our listeners that you can get Dr. Paul Arciero's book, The Protein Pacing Diet, at Amazon.com. And please go to his website, which is prizelife.com. Thank you again. Denise, thank you for all that you do and, and being and, the messenger that you are. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Bye bye. All right, listeners, that wraps up our show for today. Please come back again next Wednesday. You know we'll have a great guest for you. Until then, please be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 